Thank you for joining us. This is Happiness, the Skeptic's Guide with Chartered Psychologist and author Dr. Gary Wood and professional skeptic and self-help abuser Paul Flower. In short bursts, we blow the froth off popular psychology to sift the science from the snake oil to find the things that could actually make you happier. In the last episode, the review episode, I asked Paul Flower where we should go with the journey for this to be meaningful. Uh, where do we go from here? Yes, where do we go from here? That's a Yoko Ono song, by the way, but that's a whole n- another story. <laughs> and the, the thing that came up is mindfulness. And mindfulness has been touted as some kind of panacea for all ills, as has CBT or cognitive behavioral therapy. And we have a tendency to, well, society has a tendency to look for things that are going to be a quick fix, sticking plaster, you know, get us back on the front line kind of approach. Sounds a bit cynical. Uh, so that's why we sort do- of whatever, whatever is the psychological uh, and psychiatrical buzzword of the time that the, the media can capture and kind of run with for a little bit, I guess, isn't it? Yes. So my, I think we'll start with mindfulness because I don't know if you've looked at the figures on mindfulness there are so many books with mindful in the title and in its westernized form there's a a, there's a buddhist teacher called ronald purser who refers to the current trend as mac mindfulness yeah that was the name of his book wasn't it yes and i just thought it was a wonderful name for a book but it's the idea that mindfulness we've stripped it of its philosophical and its buddhist leanings and we've come up with a westernized version, which is supposed to be the, the, the essential ingredients. And Purser argues it's become a new opium for the masses. It's become a sticking plaster. It's not even stitches. So it's like, you know, a gaping wound. You stick a plaster over it and let's hope for the best. Originally, mindfulness was about gaining liberation from conditioning rather than adjusting to conditioning. So when we're talking about happiness, are, are we, are, I mean, it's quite philosophical. Are we looking to be liberated from things that constrain us uh, or are we just adjusting? And the argument is, is mindfulness is being used as a way, you know, I said in a previous episode, Susan Zander come in, you know, once a month in the tie-dye pants and they teach us how to breathe. And then we go home and it doesn't matter. We can't pay the electric bill. Or, you know, it doesn't matter that, you know, the world's going to hell in a handcart. We've had a good breathe. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think, so mindfulness is sort of today's meditation, if you like. So meditation was big for a period of time and, and then that went away a little bit and now we call it mindfulness. Well, mindfulness it has been, ta- it's almost like it's, it's been a, another word for meditation. But mind, we can be mindful in many different ways that doesn't involve closing our eyes, sitting on a cushion and focusing on our breath. That's just one aspect. So if we look at a definition, mindfulness is the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose and non-judgmentally. So, you know, we can go for a walk in the park and we just go for a walk in the park and we just pay attention. We don't think about the past. We don't think about our ills. We just focus on being in the here and now. That is mindfulness. If we sit down with a lovely plate of food and we eat it without the TV on for distraction, without... oh. So I've noticed that the man with the chainsaws out uh, dismembering the dismembering <laughs> the heifers again, uh, being very mindful. So if we have a, a lovely plate of food in front of us, is do we just sit and we, do we eat the food, or 
Are we distracted? Are we watching the TV? Are we catching up on the news? The thing is with this, to me, do, does it matter if we're distracted? Do we have to kind of, you know... I understand the living in the moment theory, uh, and I thought Purser was brilliant calling mindfulness capitalist spirituality, yeah. um, which is a really good uh, phrase and a really damning phrase. But, you know... in to live in the moment non-judgmentally and non, I presume that is not judging yourself for living in the moment rather than not judging everybody else. You know, we, it's, it's meaning to savour that moment, to, yeah. to try and enjoy it and, and, and be present. Yeah, indeed. Let me just go and shut the door because that I can, I can hear that it's not the silence of the lambs. I can hear the... <laughs> So I've, I've just looked out the window. He's just cutting his nails, actually. Uh, they, they're made of sterner stuff up there. Well, yes. So savouring is a really good word because uh, it's something that occurs a lot in positive psychology and about savouring the moment. I learned, uh, I read years ago, that if we eat without the TV on, we actually burn slightly more calories uh, or the food is processed better than if we eat with the TV on. And I'm very greedy, and I thought, I need all the help I can get. So I switch the TV off when I eat, and I savour the food. And I do love food. And I think, what's the point in eating something and then just be watching the news? Hmm. It's all- I think my, uh, I'd probably burn more calories watching the news, to be perfectly honest, and eating, which is what you know, my general time of evening meal is around the BBC 6 o'clock news uh, in the UK. Um, and I'm more likely to be spluttering and shouting at the television, which means I'm potentially eating less because more of it ends up on the floor. Well, yes, Mrs. Flower did mention this, and she says, can we deal with this in one of the episodes? If we think about the whole mood and emotion thing uh, and how they, they can play a part on decision-making. So when we're angry, we're less likely to ad- accept advice. So in a health setting, if we go into, you know, a doctor's surgery and we're quite angry, nothing, nothing the doctor says is going to impact on us uh, because we're caught up in the emotional reaction. And I think that's the issue with mindfulness is not to necessarily be caught up in the emotional reaction, but to be caught up in the experience for what it is. Mm-hmm. And we also know that with, you know, conspiracy theories and fake news is that they they trigger very strong emotions, you know, such as fear and disgust. And that's why we end up sharing them. We don't stop to think, we just react. So we're not being really mindful, we're being reactive. And the idea is... Part of mindfulness then could be kind of pausing a little, you know, and, and considering, you know. So savouring is good, considering is good. Don't be judgmental about, about the way you think about this practice, just do so, you know, it becomes, it's more about, the, it's like the Tao, isn't it? Or the Tao, as I think it's properly pronounced. You know, you just just do, don't think. And if, yes, and if we th- we are, we've covered in past episodes the idea of, we looked at stress and anxiety. And the, the basis of treatment in, in therapy, certainly behavioral therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy, seen as I, uh, I've mentioned it, is that anxiety and relaxation cannot coexist. So if we do something to create relaxation, we can't, by definition, be anxious. It has to be one or the other. So that's how phobias are are dealt with, is recognising that anxiety and relaxation can't coexist. Elite performers, such as sports people, use relaxation. You know, we think about the fastest people on the earth 
are also the people who know, know to relax and slow down their physiology. Yeah, and, and they concentrate on little things, don't they, which I think is, is quite important, really. You know, we've spoken about little things and little goals. They because they have to assess their performance and their gait and different things that they do in, in a race, let's say it's a hundred meters, you know, you know, the tiniest little detail they have to break things down into. And that, you know, it, it helps them to focus to, you know, being mindful. Yeah. They have to be mindful. So, you know, elite performance, certainly sports people, there's a relaxation component there because they need to be able to control their physiology. You're not going to build something from a stressed, angry response. You're going to slow it down so you're more in control. You focus on the uh, the details, be more mindful, and that's how you build elite performance. So that's a fantastic model for any kind of personal and professional uh, development. Sure. So mindful, mindfulness in itself isn't a bad thing. It's just become over-commercialized and sort of it, it, it's the current trend so that we have to hear about it all the time. It may not be the answer for you. Other, you know, I've heard some people refer to mindfulness as being a little bit dangerous if you know, you're not um, a confident person or if, you, if you know, you're suffering so much with anxiety that, that stopping and, and thinking too much or trying to be in the moment is actually quite stressful. That was my chair creaking, not my joints, by the way. Yeah, yes. It, it, it's also <laughs> the fact that, you know, it's how long you do it and how much you do it. So if you spent all day sitting there counting your breaths, you don't do anything else. So there are, there are some studies that look at people, yeah, sort of, with strong uh, mental disorders, uh, emotional disorders, that mindfulness is not a good idea. So it is very good, and there is convincing evidence for things like stress, anxiety, and depression, is that mindful practices do work. Uh, But the evidence tends to be in clinical settings, less so in the real world. And so it depends how the practices are taught and how they're done. We can't regulate people in their own homes how they're doing the practice. Entirely possible they're not doing mindfulness. It's something else they're doing. It's a variation on it. So purely all mindfulness is, is about focusing attention. So when we talk about closing your eyes and breathing, don't alter your breath, just focus on your breath. The breath is there just as a focus for your attention. So if thoughts occur, which they will, you acknowledge the thoughts and you bring your mind back to the breath. And it's just a way of training the mind. So when you need to focus, you can focus rather than you're kind of hijacked by emotions and thoughts. You've got a method whereby you can deal with the emotional aspects. You can bring some focus and you can react in the moment rather than being locked in the past in the, you know, in the future and being dictated to by your emotion yeah it feels to me then more like finding your your tranquility finding your tranquil place finding the 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 thing that will ground you rather than you know necessarily being you know aware of just individual things you know oh the trees oh the wind you know you know what i mean It, it it becomes a little bit too a little bit too fluffy in some respects. Yeah, it can be fluffy, but we're making every moment count in a way. I mean, I've been on holiday island hopping in Greece, and no matter where I've stayed, whether I've stayed in, you know, managed to get a snag a decent hotel or, you know, a, a kind of a more humble abode, I've noticed, and even the, the lofty luxury hotel on the hill, that it comes to about eight o'clock at night and everything stops for the sunset and everybody's just there, 
everybody just focuses on that moment. Everybody stops what they're doing. And maybe that's a bit fluffy, but it's interesting is that it's the same experience no matter what's going on. You're just focusing on the moment. And if we can do that a little bit more, if we can maybe enjoy sunrises is probably pushing it a bit too much because you have to get up so early but sunrise it is at the moment you'd have to be up at 4 a.m yes so. so a sunset is maybe a better goal but just to spend some time in nature i mean there's lots of research talking about spending time in nature a simple uh, walk in nature can boost our esteem we just feel better about ourselves that would be mindfulness in its purest form okay, sure and i think as you said previously there's an assumption here that you know we covered maslow previously there's an assumption that your basic needs are being met otherwise you don't necessarily have the the time or the resources to be living in the moment or thinking specifically in the moment for 5 10 15 20 minutes or whatever yes it's certainly more difficult to think about more esoteric needs when your basic needs aren't being met sure so The final thing to say about the whole mindfulness thing is that although the evidence does support that mindfulness practices do work for stress, anxiety and depression, it is in clinical settings and also there is a publication bias in favour of positive results. So the any papers or any articles, you know, research that says it doesn't work tend not to get published. And that's pretty much across lots of research. So the research might actually exaggerate the effects. But what it is safe to conclude, knowing about that relaxation and anxiety can't coexist, is there is enough evidence to support the use of mindfulness in a more holistic way. So I've talked about mindful eating. I mean, you could be mindfully exercising. There's nothing like clearing the mind when you, you know, you're going for a run with for the people who do that or go on treadmills. Who can, yes. But mindfulness, as we've said, it can't necessarily tackle the root cause of physical, social problems. It can deal with our reactions to it. And hopefully, if we can bring down the stress response, we can put ourselves into a more aware, focused attention, relaxed, creative state. It can help put us in a more positive space to deal with what life throws at us and you know if that if mindfulness helps you if mindfulness creates a happier person you know a happier atmosphere in your house then you know there's nothing we wouldn't be the ones to knock it that's for sure um you know you've got to take whatever works for you i think well don't forget i'm the one who can put myself out in a dentist chair so you're getting no argument apparently yes well i will (laughs) Well, I've nearly nodded off a couple of times here, to be perfectly honest. Well, you know, we did choose to record this on one of the hottest days of the year. Right. I'm aware at the start we said something about CBT uh, and that's uh, we'll do something about CBT and and just probably a short podcast about talking therapies. Uh, do they work and how do we choose and what what's the best? That's a very important one, I think, you know, because mindfulness is, is today's CBT or today's yoga. So, um, you know, we should go back into the past and look at the other things that have been touted uh, previously. And, and some are still being very used very effectively, I believe. So, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely worth a look at those. It's important. What often happens is we get into this really binary mindset. Just because something doesn't work in every situation for everything doesn't mean it's rubbish. Is what you often need are different things for different situations, you know, horses for courses. And so we need to get away from that binary mindset and have a more holistic mindset. So if we throw in a bit of mindfulness, we get some better sleep. 
we eat properly, we drink some water, we get some exercise, all of those things will have a positive effect. Sure, it's a toolkit. Yeah, they might not transform your life, but you will be happier than without them. And we're all about, we're all about being happier. Says he who loves broccoli, so. Yeah, that is weird. Yeah, oh, love a bit, of, love a bit of broccoli. Love a bit of broccoli. Trees, little trees, going back to your chainsaw man. Um, I don't know what he's doing. It's been lovely. Screaming out there. (laughs) Screaming out there. (laughs) It's been lovely to be with you. All he's doing now is shaving the top off his cornetto, apparently. I mean, oh. Right. (laughs) Anyway, it's been a pleasure as always, and we will reconvene shortly for uh, more fun and frolics. Yes, self help is our next. area of expertise that we're going to uh, probably spend a couple of episodes on so uh, if you're a self-help fan no it isn't it's cbt oh is it we're doing cbt next okay yes cbt next yes you can i just i'll just hang on let, now let me guess the awareness that arises from paying attention on purpose mindfulness pay attention yes That was and is Happiness, a Skeptic's Guide, with self-confessed skeptic and serial self-help abuser Paul Flower and me, psychologist and coach Gary Wood. If you liked our podcast, do leave us a review, tell your friends and spread the news on social media. And remember to hit the subscribe button so you'll be the first to know about new podcasts. 